Thank you for downloading this episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. I know that some of you wanted to come to our public domain winter spectacular last week, but you were unable to do so. But we have great news for you. That's right. You can now check out our public domain winter spectacular on House Seats Live. It's going to be available throughout the holiday season. The proceeds from this will be going to help lift communities to great charity, pulling people out of poverty, which is especially important in this year and in this time of year. So thank you for your support. Thanks for checking out the We Got This Holiday Spectacular. That's right. Go to HouseSeats.Live to get your tickets. You can still watch it through the month of December. And you can check out all of the amazing musical acts that we had on the show. Oh, my goodness. The music. Not only our spectacular finale number featuring many of our favorite friends and guests, but we've got six, count them, six musical acts over the course of the episode, all of which are wonderfully fun and hilarious and heartwarming, and you will love them as much as we do. So go check out that show as soon as you're finished listening to this one. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Is it a Christmas movie? That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Is this a Christmas movie? (laughs) Oh, you like that? I liked that last one that you recorded. This is probably the one that they heard because it sounded like... Somebody going to a store to return something <laughs> that was broken, but they knew, they knew that it was broken, but they're being a little bit passive aggressive. Like they don't want to seem presumptuous. Like, does this seem like it should be like this? Like, should this be dangling off of here? Or should that be attached? You know what? I just like to return it. When I, I go to Marshall's, the item I was talking about that has something dangling that should be attached. When I go to Marshall's, I don't settle. <laughs> I mean, I get that in a way I've settled already, but I'm not going to settle any further. Going to Marshall's isn't settling. Marshall's is amazing. Sometimes it's well, it's only settling in the sense that like I do want to get clothing, but I, I don't want to go to a clothing store. I want to get some kitchen stuff, but I don't feel like going to a Williams Sonoma <laughs> or Sur La Table. Is there a place that has? just enough of everything but none of it is exactly what i'm looking for and i have to wander around like a nomad to find Say, like oh a tea towel do you also like that they don't have a website with products on it and if you want anything from there you just have to go and rummage anything you put in their search bar the results come back maybe <laughs> except virginia peanuts if you put virginia peanuts there in there they're like oh definitely we have a little round jar of those yeah it's right next to the giant carved robin that i guess is gonna go in somebody's house <laughs> oh i love marshall's I like uh. that they have their commercials that they're running this holiday season. Have you seen the commercials they're running? Because no. Marshalls, TJ Maxx, and Home Goods, those three are one company. Okay. And that company all does the same thing, which is they don't have a website where you can go and order. You can't order anything online from there. It is a right. discount store that you everyone is different. You have to just go and rummage through what they have. They have yeah. great stuff a lot, but you just have to rummage through what they have. So in a year when everyone is being encouraged not to go to the store to shop online, 
their commercials right now are fantastic because it's just shots of people shopping at Christmas time and an announcer going, it's okay. You guys can still go to a store. Like going to stores is great. Don't you like going to stores? <laughs> oh man. Is going to stores awesome? Like it's not exactly what he sounds like, but it's pretty darn close. <laughs> that person is sweating so much. Yeah. Just I know. so much sweat. No, 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 no. You, you, you don't have to buy it online. Don't buy it online. Are you going to try it on if it's online? Just come into the store. You got to see what the microwave pasta cooker looks like in person. <laughs> we don't even know if we have it. Maybe somebody got the last one. Uh, Do you want to say we're not here to talk about Marshall's? What were you going to say? Oh, no, I interrupted a button. <laughs> Do you want a set of knives, but none of them have blades? <laughs> You're right. We're not here. Worth the wait. Worth the wait. Worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, really. That was it got the further away we got from the moment I had the idea, the better it got. It aged like a fine wine that way. As most comedy does. Mm-hmm. But we're not here to talk about most comedy. We're here to talk about Christmas movies. There's a yeah. long list of Christmas movies that you and I have debated on this show mm-hmm. minimally. Like this Christmas movie, Die Hard. Well, it's not really a Christmas movie. Uh, yes, it is a Christmas. You know, yeah. we'll get to that later. But we've done nuts. that so many times. That now we are compelled to do an episode where we determine once and for all what is a Christmas movie. That's right. We got into this during our best Christmas villain episode, which was mm-hmm. a little while ago, where we talked about who was the best Christmas villain. And there were some that were on the list that our crack researcher, Kate McManus, put together, did a great mm-hmm. job, who we could say maybe these aren't. Actually, Christmas movies such as Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas and mm-hmm. Hans Gruber from Die Hard specifically. So we decided rather than always have this dance that we do, and sometimes <laughs> we're in ag- sometimes we're in agreement, sometimes we're not. It, there Look, are so I many do movies like dancing that we love to dance. That's the main thing: is how can we get up and move, get our blood circulating, and get a little sweat, but not so much that we have to change. <laughs> we we went to that's the best that's the best description <laughs> of a class at a gym. Yeah, work up a little bit of a sweat, but not so much that you have to change. I just want it on my forehead. Can I do that? Can you just make my forehead sweat? Because the pits. I have a meeting. This is just a lunchtime class. We went to our listeners, both via Twitter and via Facebook, to ask, what are the movies about which there is great debate as to whether they are Christmas movies or not? And I worded it slightly worse online. I realized how (laughs) hard it is to ask Uh the specific question. But you all got it. You all understood. So I have a list here of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 movies, which people will argue either are or are not Christmas movies. And our job here today, Mark, Mm -hmm. is to close the book on all of this bickering once and for all and come to the decision. Some of them may be easy. Some of them may be more difficult as to whether they are Christmas movies or not. And we will settle these. Where would you like to start? We don't have to go top to bottom. Is there one that's calling to you right now? Because some of them are, I think, are bigger fights maybe between us. I I, I don't know that that's true. I will. Mm. I'd like to go chronologically. Okay. Do that. Sure. Yeah. So we're going to start with a movie that I did not even think of as a Christmas movie. Honestly, it's been so long since I've seen this movie that I don't remember any Christmas elements. Maybe you'll be able to help me with this. And that is 1983's Trading Places starring Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. I would be happy to help you. The entire Thanks. movie takes place at Christmas. So at a certain okay. point when Dan Aykroyd's at his lowest, he is dressed as Santa Claus, drunk, 
eating a sandwich that gets caught in his beard. Mm-hmm. I believe it goes through January 1st. I think that is when their big thing happens. But that, but okay, so that it's, may it's, be around it's Christmas. It's the one week, right? It's only, it's the... It the... is either the week of Christmas or, or it all takes place in the few days around Christmas. But okay. we... Trade here's places. the big, here's the big, this is a good, this is a good, uh, time for, I think, the big question of this episode, mm-hmm. which is, and I think this is the case, is does the time of year that the movie is set make it a Christmas movie? If it is set at Christmas time, is it necessarily a Christmas movie? I believe- and that I would argue no. I think there need to be more elements than that that are Christmas elements to make something a Christmas movie. I agree. The, mm-hmm. the time at which it's set, and I could give an example from this list, but I think we'll get to it later because we're going, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to jump around. I want to respect your decision to go chronologically. <laughs> I think that being set at Christmas is, is important for a Christmas movie 95% of the time. However, mm-hmm. it being set at that time of year does not make it a Christmas movie alone. However, there are several elements it's not as if it's just mentioned once or twice. I think Christmas mm-hmm. plays into it a little bit more than that, that it's an important time of year, probably financially, because it's the end of year for a lot of businesses fiscally. Mm-hmm. And it's when they set the prices for commodities. In this case, it's frozen orange juice concentrate is at the center of their scheme to get their money back mm-hmm. and turn the, was it the Randolph brothers to, to make the brothers uh, pay? For their wagers to whether the entire movie, by the way, if you're not familiar, Eddie Murphy is essentially a homeless grifter. When we first meet him, he's pretending that he is a blind veteran with no legs. <laughs> and then the cops lift him up and his legs drop out. But he says, it's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. And in running away, he runs into this brokerage run by these brothers who have been having this debate about nature versus nurture. And they decide that they're going to ruin one of their top young executives played by Dan Aykroyd. And they're going to elevate Eddie Murphy and essentially make them trade places to see if Eddie Murphy remains dishonest. And if Dan Aykroyd remains upstanding and what ensues is comedic hilarity directed by mm-hmm. John Landis. It features Don Amici and Don Amici is one of the Curtis two brothers is one of the two. Yeah. Brothers. I remember. Ralph I remember. Bellamy is the other. I remember Don Amici from that movie making me laugh. And the two fun fact is that the two of them, as those brothers, make a return in coming to America as a pair of homeless men. At this point, they have been ruined and they are homeless and on a bench in Queens. Brilliant. So is this a Christmas movie? I, would I say- honestly, I don't know, because this is your you know, this movie better than me. It's been years since I saw it. Like the fact that all I remember is that the cops picking Eddie Murphy up and Don Amici making me laugh. And also the very eightiesness of their like gentleman's clubhouse, mm-hmm. like headquarters for this firm. Everything sort of mahogany and patriarchy. Sure. Yeah. That's all patriarchy. I really remember. I would say mahoganarchy. Mahoganarchy. I think there are degrees to which something is a Christmas film. Would you agree with that? That it's not. Yes. It's like, it's, it's not, not a, it's not yes. necessarily black or white. Could, uh, I guess the big question is, could the movie take place if it wasn't Christmas? Could the movie happen if it wasn't Christmas? Would it lose much if it wasn't Christmas? I think the Christmas part of it is kind of important. The way they show that Dan Aykroyd is at his lowest is having him as one of the Santa's ring. Now this is, remember, this is, at this point, 
Remember, this is the bar you're setting, Hal. It is. It is. If we're setting a really low bar, if you're saying, eh, maybe Trading Places is a Christmas movie, I'm looking at this list, then 100% of these are going to be Christmas movies. I don't think that's where we're setting the bar. I do think Christmas is a little bit more important to the plot of this film. And that's partially because what happens at Christmas is you're reaching the end of your financial year. The end of the fiscal year and a lot of those things in that time. It also takes place at New Year's. I'm almost certain it also that it extends all the way to New Year's Day, that that's when the stock market reopens. I'm almost certain of that. I'm not going to look it up. Neither of us are going to look at it. We are we are experts who do not look stuff up. And we're talking about a movie that we don't know anything about. So, sure, let's are we saying it's a Christmas movie? I'm saying it might be the low end of Christmas movie and that Christmas right. plays a part in it as well is not mm-hmm. just the backdrop of it. There is some importance to the story. There is some iconography of Christmas in it. Mm-hmm. And that makes it a Christmas movie. But it is skating on thin ice. Counselor. Yeah, it is the low end of the Christmas and movies. There are other movies. It here. might even be. And if this list of what, 15 movies that we have, if this uh-huh. list of 15 movies, we can only take 10 trading places. I don't think is going to be one of them. If we had to take a limited number of them, yeah. but that's not. We're establishing a standard. I think All this right. as a benchmark is sort of on the low end, but mm-hmm. I do think there are movies here that do not clear that. Yeah. Not I think all. you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So okay. Trading Places, a Christmas movie. You passed with a D. <laughs> yes. But Trading Places, Ask and Answered, is a Christmas movie. Let's move on to 1984's Christmas classic gremlins yes of course it's a christmas movie yes it is mogwai is a is a christmas present a christmas gift the whole thing happened everything all of the havoc that they wreak is christmas havoc i mean the poster is a christmas tree. Gizmo or uh, there's a christmas tree but then there's him peeking out of a present yeah, yeah it's, it's, present. isn't it a, isn't there's is it a is it gizmo gremlin peeking claw. out or is it a gremlin yeah it's a gremlin, it's a gremlin claw. claw it's a gremlin claw coming out of a christmas present for pete's sake people this is a christmas movie yeah now let me draw a distinction here Okay. This is a horror movie that takes place mm-hmm. at Christmas. Yes. And involves a lot of Christmas stuff. Something mm-hmm. like Silent Night, Deadly Night about the murderous Santa. Uh-huh. Which I think was even remade and was mm-hmm. highly controversial when it came out. I don't know if you remember that. It was, we were, we were younger mm-hmm. when that came out. It was probably around 87. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that that is a Christmas movie. I believe it is a horror movie that uses Christmas as the device to murder. And that is a, there is a difference there. This is a Christmas movie made in a horror style. Yeah. And Gremlins is, it's a satire in ways. And they're taking, you know, they're, they're taking the air out of a lot of Christmas tropes too. Mm -hmm. This movie could not happen if it wasn't Christmas. Now, granted, Murder Santa could not happen if it wasn't Christmas, but that seems to be an antithesis of a Christmas movie. (laughs) So we're saying yes, Gremlins, 1984's Gremlins, 100% a Christmas movie. Yes. That's correct. Great. All right, now we are moving up in time mm. to a couple of movies. We got to go one at a time. Do not lump these two movies together. I absolutely lump these two movies together. You do not dare. Why wouldn't I? They have the exact same team. Joel Silver created both of them. Oh, do you, you well, don't want me to lump these two movies together. What if I told you that I think both of these are Christmas movies and I'm lumping them together? Is that okay? I think that one of them may not be a Christmas movie. It's possible that both of them are. One is Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Joe Silver produced a lot of movies on this list, frankly. Mm-hmm. But and, and Shane Black wrote a lot of movies. Lethal on Weapon this list. is a Shane Black movie, and, and almost every Shane Black movie is set at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are Christmas movies. In fact, one of which, the one movie on this list I had never seen, I watched last night for the first time. Mm-hmm. Very strong opinions as to whether or not it is a Christmas movie. But 
We'll get to that. Let's mm-hmm. start with Lethal Weapon. 1987's Lethal Weapon, starring yes. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover as Riggs and Murtaugh, the homicide detectives. God help me, I love that movie. At first glance, it is not necessarily a Christmas movie because it's one of the great action movies of the 1980s. And it pretty much gave birth to the buddy cop genre. Yeah. I will argue that this is definitely a Christmas movie. I get it. It starts with Jingle Bell Rock. Uh huh. Uh, which leads to the oh, this the is the one. This everything. is the one that you think is not a Christmas movie. Well, I wonder. There is a lot of Christmas to it. It does take mm-hmm. place at at Christmas time. However, if you removed Christmas from it, mm-hmm. would it be any different a movie? Could you have set yeah. the Christmas tree lot where we meet Riggs mm-hmm. into a used car lot or something like that? Here is the plot. Go ahead. If you look at this movie as Riggs's story, okay. Here is a version of the plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. It is the holiday season. A lonely man who has just lost his wife, who is suicidal and has no family, gets a family at Christmas time. And by the end, as a Christmas gift, gives the hollow tip bullet he was going to use on himself to his new family as a gift. After he deposits Mr. Joshua on their front lawn, like a cat <laughs> that brings you dead birds. Here's the guy who was terrorizing you. I stopped him from taking that lighter to his forearm. Am I good? <laughs> well, you also have, I mean, isn't it Christmas on television that keeps him from shooting himself at the beginning? Yeah, isn't it the Looney Tunes? It's Looney Tunes Christmas time. Yeah, it's Bugs at Christmas. Yeah. Well, we established later on, we learned a lot about rigs throughout these movies. By the way, Lethal Weapon 2, and I don't think we've done the best sequel ever, but I mm-hmm. think Lethal Weapon 2 might be one of the greatest sequels ever made. I mean, that'll be a fun episode because we'll be talking about Riggs and Murtaugh versus Buzz and Woody. That's true. Another great, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of great sequels. Sure. That is one of them in, the, in how it expands the world and also ties directly back into the first one. But you don't think that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie? No, I think that is a way to spin it. I think if you, when you think of Lethal Weapon, you think about mismatch partners, one of whom is a week away from retirement, the other of whom is a loose cannon who nobody mm-hmm. will work with, and they're put together, and they shouldn't work, but they do. And they solve a huge case, and mm-hmm. they form a bond that takes them through four movies total. So, to me, the Christmas... The Christmas, is, it, it definitely is set at Christmas, and Christmas plays a part in it, Mm-hmm. But you could very easily remove anything Christmas from that movie, and it would still work. Okay. It is certainly the earlier Shane Black movies are much more Christmas. This mm-hmm. is much more Christmas than some other Shane Black movies on this list, which yeah. will fall by the wayside, I think. Yeah. But I, this one, to me, doesn't meet the same burden of proof that even Trading Places does, because that time really? of year yeah. is important to the story. So Christmas works into it. That said, there is enough Christmas in this movie that I might be willing to rule in the positive, and I enjoy the movie very much. And I've gone back and I mean, forth on it in my head in the days before recording this. Do you think that if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie? I don't think that that follows. I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie because that is the time of the Christmas is the entire reason why he's there. Yeah. It is the impetus for him visiting is he is coming there for the for Christmas to be with his family and try to work mm-hmm. things out. 
And okay, so let's say so we'll say we're saying right now this is a this is a bold move from Hal Loveland. I was expecting you to say that absolutely that Lethal Weapon was a Christmas movie. I'm torn. I don't want to these what these I, two, I feel like these two are sister movies. It feels like if one's a Christmas movie, then the other is. If one isn't a Christmas movie, then the other isn't. There's no, I don't remember any, and I, this is a great excuse for me to watch Lethal Weapon again, but what is one <laughs> of the big moments in Die Hard? What is one of the messages just, he leaves for? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine now gun. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, but that's, that's cosmetic. Puts, that's not, that doesn't get, that doesn't cut to the core of characters. But it is, I it think is that's a way in which Christmas is woven into the movie. Yeah, but in that case, you could say that the Shane Black movie that you don't think is a Christmas movie that we'll talk about later is a Christmas movie because it's got elements woven into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's an aesthetic element, I think. That's not a Christmas it, movie at all. What? <laughs> Listen, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. We agree on that, yeah? <laughs> no, I don't know yet. Let's talk about it. Is this a package deal? I, li, li, I, that's the thing. My... That's the thing. Here's a, let me, can I, can I, I, I've done a little bit of research in this regard. Ooh, tell me. And I found there's a good thing and a bad thing. I think Uh-oh. the good thing is on the plus side, I will say on the plus side, I think they're both Christmas movies. Mm. On the minus side, I think they're both Christmas movies for a really cynical reason. What is the cynical reason? The cynical reason is, uh, this is a quote from Steven D'Souza, who is a film producer along with Joel Silver and Shane Black. And all of these movies that take place at Christmas, this is D'Souza explaining why these movies are Christmas movies. The Christmas setting is in Die Hard's source novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, by Roderick Thorpe, first of all. One of our producers, Joel Silver, had made Lethal Weapon the previous year, which was also set during the holiday, and he had decided that he liked all of his movies to take place at Christmas, as they would then very likely be played on television every December and we would all get residual checks. The reason these movies take place at Christmas is uh, a cynical money reason. Yeah. And you know what? It worked. They play Die Hard and Lethal Weapon at Christmas time. And Shane Black, Joel Silver, and everyone involved in those movies gets paid. So I think they are Christmas movies. But unfortunately, I think they're Christmas movies for a really cynical reason. They also happen to be two of the best action movies ever made. Sure, that's true. If they'd made bad mo- there are plenty of bad movies that have come out both at and around Christmas that of course that did not stick. Yeah. When did passengers come out? Was that a Christmas? I, I don't know. Passengers. Remember passengers? Is passengers the one where Chris Pratt is doomed to die. So he wakes up Jennifer Lawrence and she'll also be doomed to die. Oh, uh, just because he's bored. Well, that's the unproblematic way to put it. That movie is a big problem all yeah. across the board. Oh Yeah. But I think that was a holiday. I think that was a December release. It's not set at Christmas. Yeah, there's nothing more heartwarming. Not a Christmas movie. There's nothing more heartwarming than that horrifying, horrifying, ill-conceived concept starring two of the most likable stars on the planet. That's true. So let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. If the question is, or if you're saying, if Lethal Weapon is a Christmas film, then Die Hard must be a Christmas film, and vice versa. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm asking if you think that is true. I do think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I I think I I, I agree with you. I agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. In researching this week, I know I've I've pushed back in the past. I think it's at like trading places level of threshold of Christmas movie. I think all of these or most of these are going to be like just on the border of a Christmas movie or not. There's one that blows my mind that there's any debate about it. But yeah, me too. But there is, I think... 
Die Hard, yes. He's going home. He's and again, it's the same argument that I made for Riggs being the the central character of Lethal Weapon sure, is yes, yes. here is a guy who is trying to reconnect with his family specifically for Christmas, who goes to his wife's Christmas party where Christmas music is playing. You mean John McClane? I'm John McClane, yeah. He wants to go to the Christmas party. The reason that everyone is in the building is the Christmas party is the reason they're all there. And at the end of the movie, it snows banknotes. That's right. And he uses Christmas tape yeah. to put the gun on his back. Yeah. So there's lots Pretty of, sure it's not those, there's lots of Christmas elements in it. I just don't like the cynicism that Joel Silver was like, Hey, yeah, put Die Hard at Christmas also. So then we'll make more money every year at Christmas yeah. time. You were manipulated. I was manipulated, but I don't mind because I love Christmas. I look, Christmas is all about me spending an entire season being manipulated by entertainment. I have a list of about 40 movies I watch every Christmas. I think that Lethal Weapon is a little bit below Die Hard. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like Mm -hmm. to say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes. You and I agree to that. Yes. Let's hold judgment on Lethal Weapon. We will make a judgment by the end of this episode, but we're going chronologically, not the most debated, least debated. That's it true. It just happens these early ones are very debated. So let's jump two years to 1990 yes. mm-hmm. and Die Hard 2, which at this point, the cynicism of these being Christmas movies just to make a buck, this is where it spills over for me. I don't think Die Hard 2 is a Christmas movie. I don't yes, think so it either. takes place on Christmas Eve, yeah. but I think it only takes place on Christmas Eve because cynically they wanted to make money and have it come out. This After reading this, I don't know why I put such a bad taste in my mouth. Like it could happen at any time of year. I agree. That could have happened any time of year. They're also reunited at that point. He and, and Holly. Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. <laughs> Holly McLean. Yes. He and his wife, Holly. Holly Gennaro. Holly, Holly Gennaro. McLean. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. This feels like this movie could have, for those who don't know the plot, this movie is Die Hard in a plane. In an airport. Holly's in on an a airport. plane. Holly's on a plane that is circling. She has With 58... William Atherton's reporter. Yes. That, which is a great combo and the planes that are in the air circling above the airport terrorists shut down the airport and turn off the lights on the runway so that no planes can land so there's all these planes in the air that have about an hour before they start falling out of the sky and that's how the terrorists do their thing led by Um, william sadler yeah that could happen doing karate at it that's so just yeah just him naked doing karate in his room so jarring none of us have ever done that (laughs) we just don't do it in movies uh he was um, all but yeah, that, that moment. That movie could have happened at any time. Die Hard I 2 agree. is not a Christmas movie. Correct. Uh, let's go to another movie in 1990. Who added this to the list, Hal? I don't remember who, who said it. Who wanted to know if Home Alone is a Christmas movie? Home Alone is a definitive Christmas movie. It is a movie that, you know, Jennifer and I have been watching Christmas movies and specials for the last several weeks. Mm-hmm. And the one that we watched this past week was Home Alone, one of the ones. But it's, we it's perfect. Said let's watch Home Alone, and we watched yeah. it. And I dutifully texted Mark Evan Jackson, who famously, as we learned in our Clean Slay mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, Home Alone is one of, if not his favorite movie. And he asked me where where we were, and I just sent him a screenshot, and he told me the line that was being said. And every wow. once in a while. And he was working. He was on a shoot. Oh, my God. And he just kept saying, where are you now? Where are you now? What's going on? And then he <laughs> would tell me either the line that had just been said or was about to be said. He knows that movie back and forth. It was very impressive. I could watch that movie. I know they put a Christmas story on a loop, and I love a Christmas mm-hmm. story as well. They could put Home Alone on a loop, and I would, oh. I would watch it 
back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Harry and Marv, as we have determined in our previous episode, are the greatest Christmas villains of all time. Yes. So who, I don't know who on earth would think that this is not a, it has almost every lesson you could want from a Christmas movie, which is learning. Mm-hmm. Not only does he learn to be, he learns the value of family. You learn about different types of families from his neighbor who reunites with his son and his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And the music, John Williams music is Christmassy. There, there are tons of Christmas songs in it, including a great bopping version of White Christmas when he's putting his, oh, yeah. he puts the brood on and screams. I mean, it's, it is it's perfect. It is a definitive Christmas movie. It's yeah. more than just a Christmas movie. It is. In many ways, the Christmas movie. So let's jump from 1990 to 1991 to a movie that I was hard pressed to find some Christmas in. But there is I'm going to go ahead and say right now, this is not a Christmas movie, but let's talk about it. And that is The Addams Family, 1991. Good movie. It's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Angelica Houston and Raul Julia as Gomez and Morticia Adams are hilariously mm-hmm. like goth horny the whole time and it's yep. so funny christopher lloyd is uncle fester christina ricci is wednesday i don't remember who else like huge was in the that cast oh dan hadaya as the hapless normie who has who comes around the house yeah is great there's one scene at the beginning of this movie where there are christmas car- the movie begins with christmas carolers mm-hmm. and the adams family dumping hot oil on them from the roof of the house yes that's it that's the christmas part right yeah i could not have i didn't even remember that scene until you told it to me right now i was trying to scan my memory and i've seen that movie multiple times yeah there's nothing in that movie that i associate with the holidays in any way whatsoever even some of these movies we've said no Mm -hmm. to if you asked me when die hard 2 took place i would tell you it was christmas yeah. Yeah. Adam's Family is not a Christmas movie. Adam's Family almost makes me want to go back and say Lethal Weapon is 100% a Christmas movie, but I, <laughs> I still want to hold on. Sure. I still want to hold on. Okay. Let's jump ahead then. 19, so Adam's Family, not a Christmas movie. Yeah. 100%. We're going to do one more and then we're going to take a break. Great. This let's do one more for the break. This should be a pretty easy one, I think. And that is 1992's Batman Returns. What do you think, Hal? Number one. I'm just going to come out right now and say that I am coming from a place of bias because I do not like this movie. <laughs> I wish like I liked it more. I loved, I think Penguin's great in it. Penguin I and Catwoman. It's, oh, they're so stand fun. Penguin. I love the casting. Yeah. I don't like the extent to it. There's a Penguin that I know from the comic books mm-hmm. and I didn't see really any of him in there. He and, was, everything was kind of had that me. Tim Burton. Yeah. He Tim Burton did coding on it. Yeah. For my liking. If you like mm-hmm. it. I'm thrilled for you. Well, I, I love Tim Burton, but this is not Tim Burton's Christmas movie. No. What it, makes this? What's Christmassy? It is this? set at Christmas. It's set at Christmas. Time. It is set at Christmas. But that, as we've determined, does not a Christmas movie make. It does not need to be set at, at Christmas. Did Shane Black write this? <laughs> no. This is not a Shane Black you would, joint? You would think so. Yeah. You would think that he was involved. Maybe he did a touch-up on it. He was like, we should set it at Christmas. Yeah, then we'll make residuals. Yeah. But it is set in the wintertime. It's set at Christmas. I think there's a big set. I do piece. remember the snow. Like, the snow, the combination of Catwoman's suit, which, meow, and mm-hmm. the yeah, snow maybe. around it and glistening off of it, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the... beautiful. It's The imagery in that movie is beautiful. One of the set pieces, I think, takes place at the lighting of the Gotham Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Which is where the mm. penguin first shows himself. That's right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not a Christmas movie. It's just not. It's set at Christmas, but it doesn't need to be. It's not really about Christmas in any way, shape, or form. 
So oh. it's about why I, I'm so bummed that you don't like that movie. I don't know why uh, I'm bummed about that. It's okay. It's, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's, you know what? It's, I, I just, I wish I liked it more than I did. And over time, I've seen better Batman on screen to the point than Michael Keaton, where I dislike the original Batman too. I already had a problem with it because I don't like the Joker being responsible for Batman's death. It's too clean. Because if he's trying to get revenge for the death of his parents, yeah, and really you could say his super objective, to use acting terms, mm. is to either save his parents, which he can never do, or mm. save everybody, which he can never do. Mm-hmm. But it's born out of the death of his parents that he decides to fight crime. So right. you would think that murdering the person who murdered your parents would have some effect one way or the other. And it just doesn't <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. And it destroys the, I, I mean, certainly Heath Ledger's death is a tragedy for a number of reasons, far beyond whether he ever appeared in any movie again. Mm-hmm. Just from that movie standpoint, the fact that they kept that character alive and that he could have come back later. Yeah. That to me is more interesting. Batman can never rid himself of his enemies because he won't kill. And that's, that becomes the whole thrust of that scene in the interrogation room is you're going to have to break your one rule. I'll give you what you want, but you're going to have to kill me to get it. And he won't do it. His code is so strict that he is unwilling to, even when he knows it can get him what he wants, he has to live by this strict code that he has, which is what makes Joker such a great, you know, he just wants to, I'm going to make you break your rules. That's it. I don't care if people know who you are anymore. I've changed what, what I want. Because it's more interesting to have you here. So Batman Returns isn't a Christmas movie? No. <laughs> it's not a Christmas movie, everybody. That's right. All right. Let's take a quick break. Yeah. And uh, we are going to be right back with some more movies that may or may not be Christmas movies. In the meantime, hear about some of our wonderful, awesome new sponsors. We'll be right back. We Got This is supported in part by Libby. Libby is a free reading app created by Overdrive that lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library on your phone, tablets, Kindle, or computers. All you need is a valid library card from your library. And even if you don't have a library card right now, you can still read samples of any book you see, but it actually motivated me to go get my library card online, which took 30 seconds. And now I have access to so many titles. It's amazing. Yeah, the library was being surrounded by Kindles and e-readers and and all sort of information at all the times coming in from all different ways. I forgot that the library is the greatest idea of all time. All the world's knowledge freely available. Every town has one. I've been using Libby for years. I love it. And I know that you will, too, because Libby works just like a physical library. You just borrow available books that you want to read. And this is great because I used to run into this all the time. I would completely forget to return library books and I would come back and I'd have to pay a fee. These books return themselves automatically when you have finished with them and when your time is up with them. So start reading with Libby now. Go to meet.libbyapp.com to sign up. That's meet.libbyapp.com We Got This with Mark and Hal is supported in part by Fortunato Chocolate. Since 2008, Fortunato Number no. 4 Chocolate has been prized by top chocolatiers and pastry chefs in Michelin-starred restaurants. But guess what? You can get it now. 
It's not just for chefs anymore, Hal. That's right. It's made from rare, organically grown heirloom cacao from the jungles of northern Peru. And it's never been available to the general public until this moment. As you said, Mark, it's made by a family company that has direct relationships with over 400 farmers and a socially conscious business model that helps farm families earn more. And that is all well and good. But the main event of all of this is how good the chocolate is. I shaved. I promised I was going to shave some in the chocolate chip cookies. And I did, and they're the best chocolate chip cookies. Oh, they're the best I've ever made. I'm afraid to break up the rest to make more cookies. I keep holding on to it. I don't want to use all of it. But I keep forgetting also that once I run out, I can just buy more. This isn't just a one-time thing. This is now available for you to buy anytime. And here's hoping that everyone out there gives Fortunato number four chocolate a shot. It is the best chocolate I've ever had. It is available in 36% milk, 47% dark milk, and 68% dark. Uh, might I recommend the 36% milk chocolate? It is my favorite. And it is sold in 1.1 pound bars with minimal packaging to keep it affordable. Visit podcastchocolate.com slash we got this. That's podcastchocolate.com slash we got this and now back to we got this with mark and hal and we're back all right hal by the way that was a weirdly long pause (laughs) (laughs) yeah we always for those of you listening at home (laughs) basically it's we're gonna take a break and we're back yeah we don't so we we cut there right in the middle but for some reason there was just like 10 seconds of just complete silence you know it's like It's like they say in Pulp Fiction, you know, you really found someone that you love when you can comfortably share a silence with them. Hal and I just comfortably shared like a pointless 10 second silence for no reason other than, well, we said we were taking a break. We did. We did it for ourselves. Yeah. Our voices just stopped going. We're like, we're just not going to use our voices for 10 seconds. And we just waited. And then start it up again. And I kind of wish I hadn't commented on it because then it would have been more magical. And I feel like I ruined the magic of it by making that comment. (laughs) All right. Let's jump to 1993. Yeah. A movie that I think is absolutely a Christmas movie. And that is the other Tim Burton movie on the list. The movie he made right after Batman Returns or probably concurrently with it. He's producing producing that he produced. Yeah. And it's his visual style. And that is the nightmare before you guessed it. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Hal, what do you think? Do you think this is a Christmas movie? It is, but I, it feels weird to me because it, I'm pretty sure it was originally released around Halloween time and it is a Halloween staple. And we, it's the, well, it's the bridge. I think it's the bridge to holiday movies. It is your, yeah. it's the big gate that you open up and now it's time for holiday movies. Yes, there's a song called This is Halloween in it. And we just on the last episode, I remember we were talking about this movie or a recent episode. We were talking about this movie. The best Christmas villain because Oogie best Boogie Christmas villain. Out. That's right. Because of Oogie Boogie. And that, that maybe it was this was the one that we were like, is it a Christmas movie? It was one of them. Yeah. That and Die Hard. Whether or not it takes place at exactly Christmas time upon reflection this week. This movie is all about someone loving Christmas, someone discovering Christmas, loving it kidnapping santa attempting to make it their version of christmas and then understanding the true meaning of christmas like it it, it fills all the the criteria of a christmas movie like the the whole point of the movie is if the question is could you make this movie and set it at any other time no well it's also this weird ethereal thing where everything's got its own land yeah halloween land and there's christmas land and he wanders into Christmas land by mistake. I'm your, I'm reading your face right now, Hal, because we're oh, doing just, this on Zoom. Yeah. You don't like this movie, do you? No, I do like it. 
I do like okay. it. I like it every lot. face you're making right now is just like, ugh. No, it's not. No. I'm just thinking about it. And in, in my mind, it's the Halloween version of Christmas. If you had to tie it, mm-hmm. and this is not to give it. This is not one answer. of our criteria. If you had to tie it to one of the two holidays mm-hmm. and say it is definitively one or the other, which is not what we're doing here right now. I'm curious what your answer would be. Would you say if it had to be either a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? What would you say? I would say that it's a Halloween movie, but that would be with outside societal factors included. Me thinking there aren't a lot of Halloween movies, so let's let Halloween have a movie. Because what else does it have? Hocus Pocus and like Halloween Town. Yeah, the 900 Halloween Town movies. Yeah, exactly. And and Halloween. And and every horror movie. I don't know if every horror. But Halloween, yes. Ernest Scared Stupid. Ernest Scared Stupid. The Monster Squad. Yeah, but like as far as Halloween. Wait, what was that last one? Frankenstein, hmm. but only the Robert De Niro version with Kenneth Branagh directing. All right, fine. All horror movies are Halloween movies, Hal. Nosferatu. <laughs> Will you stop? Shadow of the Vampire. With okay. The- featuring Nosferatu. <laughs> Do you think, that, like, if that movie had the parenthetical, like you hear on a hip-hop track, like parenthetical, feet, period, yeah, Nosferatu? Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> hundred percent. I'd say between the two, it is both. I think it it is both. I think between the two, I would give it to a Halloween movie because Halloween needs some great movies, but I don't think that makes it not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'll say yes. I it's got Christmas in the title. I know it does. I know it does. I just to me it feels like a Halloween movie and it's weird that everything around it starts at Halloween. Yeah, but it if I were gonna watch it every plot, it's Halloween's like the movie is here is Halloween's version of Christmas, right? I know. Yes. Yes. I so, saw it in the theater and I enjoyed it very. I was like, this was great. Yeah. I loved it. Little did I know the cult following that it's cheap, which is great. It's deserved. Oh, yeah. It's very well done. I thought it was underappreciated when it was initially released. It should have been a bigger hit than it was. And it certainly lives on now. And Disney has helped keep it going. And people go crazy when the Haunted Mansion switches over, which happens in September. Yeah. For Halloween. To cover both holidays. Yeah, but it doesn't go back until January. But if they didn't do it at Christmas, it would feel weirder not to have it at Halloween than it would be not to have it at Christmas. I would argue that. Interesting. It's a Christmas. See, it's weirder to me. It would, it would not surprise, like, I would not think it was weird if they opened it mid November, ran it through December and ended it in January. It's like, yeah, it's Christmas. Oh, if you didn't have it for Halloween, because that's the main thing of it is it's, it's a Halloween movie. Where they try to hijack Christmas. It's, yeah. It is a, it's, and that makes it a Christmas movie because you cannot remove the Christmas from it in any exactly. way. Exactly. So it does inhabit both spaces, but I would argue if this episode were, is it a Christmas or a Halloween movie? I would dig in on Halloween movie and I would not give in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've seen what happens when you do not give in. We should do an episode. Hit, like, by the that's way, that, that's a that's a game. Uh, drink every time we say we should do an episode. <laughs> Best Christmas hijacking: Jack Skellington or Hans Gruber? Who hijacked Christmas better? Oh, right. Oh yeah, that is good. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely a Christmas movie. Yes, asked and answered. Let's move on. Uh, let's jump a few years. We we had oh, a bunch a like. Between like 1990 and 1994, we had a whole bunch of them, but we're going to jump almost a decade now to 2001 to the 
first in a long string of movies that we have talked about endlessly on this show. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Is I this know, a Christmas movie? No. I know that parts of it take place at Christmas. Yeah. I know traditionally their release slot was in the Thanksgiving spot. Mm-hmm. So they would come out in that November, December time frame. Yeah. And that certainly makes them of the season. I know but that. that yeah. But, Harry, but does that Happy mean Christmas, that Men in Harry. Black? Does that mean that Men in Black is a Fourth of July movie? No. You know? Neither is Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I tell you. that's fair. Or Les Mis came out at Christmas. Is Les Mis a Christmas movie? No. But there is a Christmas element to, to Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and the Sorcerer's They do yes. sell it. You get to see Christmas at Hogwarts, but you also get to see a full school year. That's the thing. Each of these, at least the early Harry Potters, it's all one full year. Yeah. So there's by nature year, going yeah. to be a Christmas story at some point midway yeah. through the movie. These are not Christmas films. I understand are, if no. you watch them, any of these films, if you watch them at Christmas is great. Enjoy. Yeah. That does not make it a Christmas film. Just because yeah. you watch it at Christmas doesn't make it. A, it makes it your, you and your family's tradition. And that's great. And you should enjoy it. But you should know, don't be pawning off on other people that it is a Christmas film because yeah. it is not. No, it did look just because and, and they do. They play it on television always around Christmas. So sure. it's not just a tradition for one family. It's a tradition for a lot of people. I well, realize I guess that stopped. <laughs> there you go. How 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 the how stole Harry Potter movies. You're the legal arm of Warner Brothers now. Yeah, I'm going to take care of it. Well, I'm the legal arm of this podcast. so I'm going to go to the. Oh, that's fair. Go to the studio and say, yeah, look, all of these are definitive. But yeah, just because it's a Christmas tradition does not mean it's a Christmas movie. That's right. So Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. No, let's jump now to 2002. And I think this movie has the exact same situation as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, if you will. And that is 2002's Catch Me If You Can. It's a little different. The Why is it a little different? Because you have one scene that takes place at Christmas. The finale of the movie. Every time Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is when he Frank calls. always calls yeah. the FBI agent played by Tom Hanks, whose name I cannot remember. Carl. Yeah. I don't Frank. think this is a Christmas movie. I agree. It's not. But Christmas is a more important part of the plot. He calls him every time. I guess, yeah, it is. I was just thinking of that final scene where he's found that one printing press in the middle of nowhere and it's in Christmas France, Eve. where his mother's from. Yeah. Where they never heard of Sara Lee. <laughs> Mont Richard. You know this movie very well. I do. I just saw it at the drive-through, not drive-through, drive drive-through movie theater. The line is really long. You just saw 30 seconds of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like move along <laughs> at the drive-in and I forgot how great that movie is. It's fantastic. It's one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Mhm. It feels like it's John Williams doing a combo Dave Brubeck and uh Bernard Herman impression. Yes, woodwind heavy score. Yeah, woodwind it's super heavy. groovy like just 60s. It's just John Williams doing groovy 60s music and two of the greatest actors working playing off of each other. It's a lot yeah. of fun. I love that movie, but I don't think it's a Christmas movie. And a killer supporting cast in that film. Oh yeah. Christopher Walken is his dad. You've got yeah. Martin Sheen, you've got Amy Adams. Oh we yeah. Got Jennifer Garner in a throwaway scene. Amy Adams is so wonderfully heartbreaking in that movie. That family that, oh, yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. K E Double O Y. Has anybody here seen Kelly? Have you seen him smile? <laughs> is that all right? <laughs> is that the song that the whole family sits around and sings together? Yep. I love it. So catch me if you can. No, not a Christmas movie. That brings us up to 2003. Mm. This is interesting that this is on the list because I've always thought of it as a Christmas movie. 
Yeah. But some people apparently don't. And that is Love Actually. Thoughts? It is a Christmas movie. Yeah. It is all, it's all it about takes place Christmas. all all around. Well, it's not about Christmas, but it takes place all around Christmas. It's about I mean, it, love. It's about love, actually. Christmas is the setting for it. Another one that somebody put in that is in this sort of realm is Bridget Jones's Diary. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that is a Christmas, I did not include it on this list because I didn't see a bunch of people. And it, these were all multiple. These are ones that multiple, multiple people submitted. Asked about. Yeah. yeah, love actually, it all takes, yes, it is about love, but it's basically a herald. It's just a bunch of mm-hmm. disparate scenes about people in London dealing with Christmas and then it well, ends love as well. And yes, and love. It's a, but it's dealing a bunch with, of love stories. It's a I bunch of love stories. Christmas. Yes. So all of these Christmas, Christmas scenes. They're not well, Christmas scenes. They're, they're, it's about shopping for Christmas. It's about like every one of these scenes is okay, fine. There's a, a few scenes that don't take place at Christmas. But the whole movie leads up to everyone coming together at a Christmas thing, at a Christmas event. Yes. There are many Christmas things about it. It is that is the framing device yes. for all of these stories. Similar to all those Gary Marshall movies that are like Father's Day, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, Labor Day, where they all <laughs> it's just a bunch of stories that you What's don't What's a holiday that we like? Yeah. Can we just make a movie for that holiday? Everyone's got like a love. nice sweet movie. <laughs> St. Swithin's Day is coming up. <laughs> All right. So, they yes, they're all scenes about love and they don't all take place at Christmas, but all the important scenes take place at Christmas. Christmas is thematically important to the yes. movie and it takes place at Christmas. And then it's Andrew Lincoln being highly inappropriate mm-hmm. at the end of that movie. But Look, there I are guess a lot of love. There are a lot of problematic parts to it. There really There's are. a lot of sweetness to it as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you whether or not to enjoy it or how to feel yeah. what, whether you feeling one way or not about it is right or wrong, but it mm-hmm. is a Christmas movie. You don't have yes. to like every Christmas movie, people. That's how it is. There is one wonderful, wonderful piece of acting. I know I've talked about this before, I think, mm-hmm. on the show. One of my favorite acting moments I've ever seen is in that movie. I think it's absolutely brilliant, and it blew me away at the time. It broke my heart, and it still breaks my heart. And that is uh, Emma Thompson when she opens her gift and realizes that her husband is having an affair in that moment, steps away into the other room, starts to cry physically with her hands, tries to put tears back inside her eyes, and then steps back out of the room to usher her family off and do her job of getting the family all in the car to go to the Christmas event. That scene breaks my heart every time. And she is, it's one of the best acting moments I've ever seen. Yeah. That's great. All right. That said, that is a Christmas movie. Now, this yeah. one I'm curious about. This is the movie that you watched last night? It is. This is 2005's Shane Black classic, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. And Michelle Monaghan. And Michelle Monaghan. Your thoughts? I wanted to like it more than I did. There's a lot to like in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to enjoy performance-wise. Mm-hmm. Some of the, uh, you know, the major plot thing, of there's a lot of homophobia in it. That's not cool at mm-hmm. all. Watching it, and it's not something I saw in the moment, so now I'm watching a 2005 or 2006 movie through a 2020 lens. I guess I haven't seen it, it in harder. a long time. I remembered liking it a lot, but I hadn't thought about that. That makes it a little harder pill to swallow. Plus, it feels mm-hmm. a little disjointed. It feels, it feels like they almost figured out what they were going to do and then didn't do it. It is so not about Christmas in any way, shape, or form. Even though it takes place at that time of year, 
yeah. that it is it had that been the first in this series of let's cash out on mm-hmm. Christmas movies, they never would have been able to make any more. That yeah, that's what this feels like to me. This is the most cynical of the Shane Black movies as far as the slap some Christmas on it so they'll play it every year. Yes. Of it. You know 100%. what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. So this feels like that. So no, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is not a Christmas movie. No. Even though it's in the Shane Black canon of and I'm sure there are uh, Alamo draft houses or draft heists. I don't know what the plural of house is. Yeah, draft heists. There's there are Alamo draft heists around the country who play a Shane Black Christmas and they do a bunch of Shane Black movies at Christmas time, which is wonderful fun. This is not a Christmas movie. No. But is this last movie on the list, which is also a Shane Black movie? Oh, this is the last one. This is why we're doing another like decade jump. Uh, This is the most recent of the films on our list from Mm -hmm. 2013. The only MCU film on this list as well. Mm -hmm. It is Shane Black's Iron Man 3. There you go. No question it takes place at Christmas. Yeah. Do you know who made a fairly forceful argument that this is a Christmas movie? I'm going to guess Ben Acker. Uh, no, but that's amusing. (laughs) No, Marvel. Oh, really? On their website, there's an article that Marvel wrote, uh, that is basically their, their, their thing is, yes, Scott Marvel wrote, no, Captain Marvel, weirdly. Oh, like she doesn't have better stuff to do. Jeez. Come on. You're supposed to be saving the planets or the planets. But Marvel's argument is basically, Hey, it's a Shane Black movie. And if you call Die Hard a Christmas movie, then you have to call Iron Man three a Christmas movie. (laughs) <laughs> is their argument for Marvel will take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, on December 10th, which uh-huh. was this past Thursday, they had the their investor call mm-hmm. for Disney mm-hmm. at which they reveal everything upcoming for Star Wars, Disney, Pixar, mm-hmm. Marvel and Fox. So tons of great Star Wars announcements, tons of really fun Disney and Pixar announcements. Even another. Are you allowed Indiana to tell Jones me any movie. of them? Because even though I don't have stock. I don't have stock either. I It all got released. They tweeted oh, okay. everything as it got announced. People, oh. because th- there's no way that stays private. That's fair. The series of trailers they showed for Marvel properties upcoming took my breath away. To the point where I was, it was like the first time in a long time I've been excited about media in this messed up year. Yeah. What trailers did they drop? I know I saw the Falcon and the Winter Soldier one. That's one. That looks amazing. The Loki first look was released. There was something on Miss Marvel. There was a piece, a new trailer for WandaVision, which looks great. I still have no idea what that WandaVision show is going to be. Nobody does. Nobody does. It's so bonkers. What if got their trailer? That's very Mm -hmm. exciting. And then they announced that they're making a Fantastic Four movie. That is. Oh, wow. Directed by John Watts, who's done all three of the Spider-Man films that are in the yeah. MCU. So, so is it going to, are they going to get the same the cast sequel? from the last Fantastic Four movie? And it's just going to be a sequel to that. <laughs> you know, the right. one where they, you know, the uh-huh. one where they go drunk driving and then become superheroes. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I saw that movie, not in the theater. Uh. Where did I watch that? I don't remember. It was, uh, very bad. Yeah. That's very, not very a good bad. movie. But I All like right, so Iron Man 3 very much. I love Iron Man 3. Do you think Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie? Here's what you've got. Here's what it's got going for it. It's got yeah. Tell that. Tell me why you think it might be. I mean, it's got the Shane Black Christmas arc, mm-hmm. which is the same as Riggs. It's the same as John McClane. And it's Tony Stark having that moment where, 
I am all alone. My family is either not here or far away. My family is either gone permanently or gone from this moment. I have a lot to learn. Christmas happens. I have a solitary Christmas and I learn something along the way about the importance of family. That's sort of the hook of all of these like Shane Black loner learns something Christmases. Mm, that's that's a bit of a stretch there, buddy. That's look, I'm I'm just saying that's that's, that's the how you would argue for it. That's how I would make the argument for it. And at one point, like it, it actually is Christmas, and it, there's Christmas lights up, and it's snowing on the Iron Man suit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would there's say Christmas imagery. There is the whole movie begins at New Year's Eve. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it sets a holiday tone. It's set at the holidays, but that's not enough. We established that it being mm-hmm. set at that time is not enough, and that yeah, really I, is look, what I think it's you're about. Right. That really, this film, I get it's about taking away his family, but it's really about stripping Iron Man of everything and forcing him to use his wits to make mm-hmm. his way out of everything. His suit is just all of his suits are. At least he's cut off from access to them. He has a prototype suit that doesn't quite work that gets him where he's supposed to go. Happy's been hurt, so he's taken out of the equation. Mm -hmm. You have Rhodey's. He has a suit of armor that is now under the control of Killian Dane. Not Killian Dane. (laughs) Killian Dane is a wrestler. He's Killian. (laughs) Killian is his name in that movie. So it's a great movie. Great movie all around. But not a Christmas movie. Not a Christmas movie. movie. That leaves one. Even though Marvel says it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. So let's look at this then. If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, Iron Man 3 is not a Christmas movie. This is our last one. Is Lethal Weapon. After listening to all of this, is Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? What do you think? I think it could happen at any time of year. I think so too. And I think that's the deciding factor. So I don't think that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's close. It's closer than a lot of no's. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not. I think it's not a Christmas movie. Asked and answered. There it is. We've ruled. Yeah, we rule. We rule. That is what (laughs) we do. People of the world, at least you know that half of the movies that we've adjudicated today are indeed Christmas movies. And the other seven, you can watch at your leisure whenever you like. You can enjoy them on December 24th and 25th, the entire month of December. You can watch them July. You can watch a Christmas movie in July. Watch it whenever you want. A Christmas movie you watch in July is still a Christmas movie. It's just when you watched it. Watching Catch Me If You Can on December 24th does not make it a Christmas movie. It's just the time of year when you watch it. That's something that you do together as a family. There's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to stop calling half of these Christmas movies. (laughs) That is what we've ruled on now. And feel good about that. Feel like you've been relieved from the burden of having to argue, having to come up with reasons to support a premise that is incorrect you're welcome that last sentence could be at the end of any episode of this show (laughs) that's yeah i mean every episode of this show (laughs) you're welcome we did it for you that's right took care of the arguing that's what we do we want to make the world a more peaceful place especially during this holiday season so we wish you the best this is asked and answered 14 times over 
but there are many more topics to discuss. So reach out to us on Twitter or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world with whom we would love to sit down at the drive through and watch 30 seconds of any of these Christmas movies. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.